Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome back Cyber Family I'm fired up today baby We coming in hot (laughs) Welcome back If this is your first time then welcome Come on pull up a seat We got a good show today This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what's up, Wally. Look, man, I'm fired up. Can I tell y'all something, man? Look, I just recorded. Actually, I was in the process of recording. I got an hour and 25 minutes in, and I was on fire. And then my computer crashed. Yeah. Now, a normal person might be like, I'm done. Send out the post. The podcast is is canceled for today, for this week. It's over. Catch y'all next week. Be discouraged. Walk out. Storm out Trash Can Studios. But not me. I can't do it. I can't do it. I have to stick with it. Right? Quit once. If you quit one thing, you'll quit anything. That's what I've learned. So we back. So you would think my attitude would be a little little lower. My energy would be lower. I'd be all discouraged. Oh, I got to try to remember what I said and about all these different things. Nope. Nope. We're more fired up. More fire. More fire. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I was drinking my energy drink as we go, as I do every morning. Celsius energy. Listen, I'm telling you right now. Sugar-free, no jitters, no nothing, just pure energy. So I'm fired up now. Listen, oh, birds chirping? We on. Let's go. I'm going to talk about a bunch of different things today. I'm going to have to re- re-go through my lid. Look, I got, I got my, look. Well, Foley work. That's my, that's my, that's my show notes. That's my show notes, man. Oh, God. I gotta go through it. But now, listen, I'm going through it again, right? Look, let me start let me start with what I was doing when my computer crashed. And I don't know if I got a little too animated. Listen, let me just say full transparency, I was dropping curse words. <laughs> F bombs were flying. I was gonna I was gonna beep it out. I was gonna bleep it out, right? Like that's not what I do. It's a family friendly show. It's not what I normally do, but I was heated. I had got genuinely upset as I was speaking on this topic so my computer crashed the universe the the pod gods were saying yo chill you stepping off a ledge too far bring it back redo so okay let's fall in line with that so what I was talking about was I was talking about the Paul brothers yep Logan and Jake Paul so let's start with Jake before we get to Logan because Logan is the one that really got me heated so let's start with Jake so the rumor rumor came out where it came out Earlier last week that there were, you know, a guy was reporting, I don't remember his name, it's not important, blah, 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 blah. But he was saying that in the Tyron Woodley contract for that fight, there was a no knockout clause. There was a clause saying that Tyron Woodley couldn't knock out Jake Paul. (sighs) My issue with that was, or is, if it is in fact true, and let's be honest, it could be all BS. It could be a promotional tactic. It could be trying to drum up some interest between this guy and Jake Paul, build some bad blood. Maybe there's a reason for them to fight. There's a payday in it. I get that. Or, or, 
if you watch that fight and you watch in the fourth round where Tyron Woodley knocks Jake Paul through the ropes, watch that fight, watch that moment, watch for one thing. A bit of hesitation from Tyron Woodley after he lands that shot. Now, I'm not the biggest UFC guy. I don't watch all of the fights. To be fully transparent, I've never seen Tyron Woodley fight a complete time before that. I've watched highlights. I've watched clips. I've watched breakdowns. And in every one of them, when he connects with that right hand over the top, he immediately rushes the guy to finish the job. Against Jake Paul, he didn't. He landed the shot, looked like he was going to follow up, hesitated, took a step back. We all, in real time, were like, yo, what is he doing? Jump on him. Get him. This is it. Oh, listen, I was ready to go. <laughs> I was in my living room watching it. I paid, in quotes. <laughs> I was watching it. Ready. Like, this was it. This is it. This is the superhero moment. Down goes Jake. Woo. I was ready for it. And he hesitated. And I was like, what What the? What's going on? What's the hesitation, bro? You got him. He right there. So if this is true, kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. So listen, do I believe it's true? I believe there's some truth to it. I don't know if it was necessarily written in the contract that this is happening. But I believe there was some sort of conversation or some sort of gentleman's agreement, which was, listen. Something was there. Something happened. This couldn't have come up from nowhere. That that just wouldn't make sense. For it to come from absolutely nowhere. No sense at all. Right? So it had to come from somewhere. And that's the problem that the combat community has with Jake Paul. Is you talk as if you're really about the combat sport. As if you're about the life of I'm a competitor. I want to fight. But you keep seeming to find a way to wiggle into having all the advantages in your favor. And you walk around as if you're the A-side when it's like you're the A-side because of popularity, not because of any credentials. You have zero credentials. Your resume is garbage. And if you're going to step into our world with guys who have dedicated their life to this, and you come half-stepping, you dipping a toe in there, that's disrespectful. And if you talk as if, listen, I'm coming into it. I'm stepping into it. And there's some times where Jake will talk like, listen, I'm really inexperienced. I've barely had any fights. And the fights I have had haven't gone past the first round. So I'm still raw. I'm still learning. I'm, I haven't even reached my potential when you <laughs> clap it up for him. What an honest, humble thing to say. And then he follows it up with some bullshit about how great he is. Nah, he's knocking everybody out. I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm going to knock that guy out. I want to fight Canelo. No, you don't. And if you did, you only want to fight him for the paycheck. Right? You only want to fight for the paycheck. If you win or lose, you don't give a damn. You just want that paper. (laughs) 
That's what annoys me. Like, just be honest. If, if that's what you're in it for, be honest. Be honest. Otherwise, get out the way. Get out of my face. Get away from me. Get a, I don't want nothing to do with this. You got to go. Now, let's talk about Logan. And listen, I apologize for starting this way. But I literally, five minutes ago, my computer crashed. I restarted it, loaded up the program. I'm starting again, so I'm going to start where I finish, and then we'll go backwards, I guess. But you guys don't know that. You don't know what crashed. I, it was good, too, y'all. It was good. But, look, whatever. So, Logan Paul, the rumor came out that Logan Paul is scheduled to fight Mike Tyson in February. Mike Tyson came out, didn't say it was Logan, but said he was returning to the ring in February. Oh, gosh. Logan hasn't come out and said anything. Oh, boy. This can't happen. This can't happen. I can't stress to you guys enough. Boxing community, boxing fans, current boxers, former boxers, you guys need to all gather together and stop this from happening. We can't let this happen. We can't. I need you to understand that this can't happen. Mike Tyson's in his 60s, y'all. Mike Tyson's been through some battles, some wars in that ring. Mike Tyson's gotten his head beat off. Mike Tyson's been to jail. Mike Tyson is doing a podcast, minding his business. We We shouldn't want him back in the ring. We all agree? We can agree on that, right? Logan Paul's 26. In the prime of his life. Big. Probably bigger than Mike Tyson in terms of weight. And definitely taller. Significantly taller. Guys. Even. Look. Aside from the obvious concerns health wise. For someone's well being. Logan Paul doesn't have to be a skilled boxer to punch somebody in the head. And in fact, that he's not a skilled boxer means he could be doing rabbit punches, punching him in the back of the head. Like, it's, it's not necessary. It doesn't prove anything. There's no benefit. Best case scenario. Absolute best case scenario. Mike Tyson knocks out Logan Paul. So? So? Logan Paul's lost already. We watched Logan Paul get beat around for eight rounds against Floyd Mayweather, look terrible, walk out of there with a smile on his face saying, I retired Floyd. Is that what you want? You want to see that happen to Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson has to knock him out in order for anyone to say anything. Because if he doesn't knock him out, which let's be honest, Probably won't. Probably won't. Then, then, then Logan Paul gets to walk around again saying, I retired Floyd Mayweather and Mike Tyson, two of the greatest boxers of all time. And we all have to say, yeah, you're kind of right. You did, even though you didn't. We don't want to see this. We don't need to see this. Who does this benefit? I'll tell you who. The Paul brothers. 
Because he gets to walk around with that name on his resume. Why am I saying resume? He's not trying to be a fighter. He's trying to get money. He's trying to have big paydays and big events. That is it. Why are we supporting this? Look, this might not even be true, and I pray to God it's not true. Because if it is true, I don't know what I'm going to I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. We can't let this happen. This is so beyond dumb. It's so beyond stupid. It's reckless. Who, what promoters are putting this together? What managers decided we should do this? It's all a money play, and this world is so consumed with money that it's clouding people's judgment. This is the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time. Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul was more reasonable to me. I thought it was stupid, but I didn't feel like you can't do this. Floyd Mayweather's in his early 40s. It's a little different. Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson, y'all? Oh, God. Did you see what happened to Holyfield last time he tried to fight? Looked like a grandpa trying to fight. Was going to get murdered. If the ref didn't stop it, he was going to get murdered by a guy who was garbage. By a guy who's a walking trash can. Sorry, bro. You garbage. That's not what you do. And he was going to destroy that guy with a smile on his face as he did it. But hey, they were closer in age than this. 26-year-old Logan Paul is going to try to take Mike Tyson's head off? And we're going to let it happen? And even if you say, oh, maybe they're going to put it in the contract, a little clause, like, you know, no headhunt, no nothing like that. Then why the hell are we letting them fight? Why are we putting a fight on if we're going to say, hey, it's not a real fight, though. Like, take it easy fight. Then stop wasting your time. Stop wasting my time. Do this in the gym on your own. If you want to be one of the people to go see it, then you show up to the gym and you watch it. Don't air it on TV. Don't put it on pay-per-view. How dare you ask me for a dime for this? If you even if you even bring up the fact that I'd have to pay to watch it, oh god, I should I should kick you right in the shin. <laughs> this can't happen. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? I can't be the only one. Yo, y'all got to let me know if y'all agree. I can't be the only one that feels like this is absolutely ludicrous. This is bad any no matter how you look at it, no matter which angle Aside from can we make money, this is a terrible idea. And can you make money? Of course. There's enough young people that follow Logan Paul that say if Logan Paul beats Mike Tyson, whoa. Even though anyone with half a brain would say, who do you think is going to win that fight? I would pick Logan Paul to win the fight. Why? Because he's 26. Mike Tyson's in his 60s. Like, you can't compete, bro. Biologically, it don't make sense. Scientifically, it don't make sense. I'm done. I'm done with that topic. Man, let's move on to like real, real sports, real athletes, real events, real things. Not this fake, stupid ass. We're gonna put matchups together that just look cool on paper and ignore. Just I'm done. I'm so done. Let me take a deep breath, man. <laughs> I hope I didn't just ruin your your day with that. My bad, y'all. Listen, it originally it was at the end of the podcast I was going to do that, but computer crash, I had to start over, I had to start where I finished. So let's go back. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. The Ben Simmons drama 
is 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 happening. I wasn't gonna talk about it because I thought it was insignificant, but I guess it is, and I guess it's a thing, right? So what's going on with Ben Simmons? So Ben Simmons, in my opinion, is a overvalued, overhyped, over talked about solid player. Ben Simmons is so solid. He's so solid. It's not even funny. A solid player. Ben Simmons, if he was 6'4", is Iman Shumpert or Trevor Ariza. (laughs) Think about it. Ben Simmons, really good athlete, really good defender, can't shoot worth a lick. Hey, guess what they said about Iman Shumpert coming to the league? Great defender, great athlete, can't shoot. Trevor Ariza, great athlete, great defender, can't shoot. He developed a three-point game. But Ben Simmons ain't developing a three-point game because he refuses to shoot the ball. Hence the problem. Right? So Ben Simmons is 6'10". And every t- I swear to you, every time you hear somebody talk about Ben Simmons' talent, they bring up a 6'10 point guard. I don't care. I don't care if you're 6'10". That's like saying, oh, he's 7'4". I don't care. You can't play, bro. If you ain't no good, it don't matter how tall you are. You can get by, sure. Ben Simmons gets by on his reputation because he's 6'10". He's a 6'10 point guard. Yo, the guy can't... He can get to the basket because he's super athletic. So he's going to get some points. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get assists. He's a really solid player. He's solid. You're not putting him in any top 10 conversation. Maybe top 10 point guard. Maybe. But I bet you you could think of nine guys you would want before Ben Simmons as a point guard. Start running them down the list. Start thinking about it in your brain. Don't ask me to do it. I'll do it if you want me to. You could probably think of a lot of names you would take before Ben Simmons to run your point. Right? I mean, let's see. You got Curry, Harden, Kyrie. Um, would you take LaMelo Ball? <laughs> Coming from me, yes, you would. I would. I would take Lonzo Ball. That's five guys. Five. Just right off the top, five guys I would take. You know another one? I would take John Morant. Uh, uh, uh. Right now, I'd still take Chris Paul. That's seven. I would take Damian Lillard. That's eight. Come on now. Come on. Ben Simmons is not a top 10 point guard in the NBA. He's not. He's a 6'10 point guard who creates matchup problems, but eh, you ain't winning championships, so what is it really? Okay. So now, so what happened was, in the playoffs, he got to a point where he just refused to shoot confidence gone didn't believe in it wouldn't shoot coach comes out after it says i don't know if we could win a championship it's it's hard to tell it's hard to say he got his feelings hurt they tried to trade him couldn't really find equal value let's get into that in a second he got butt hurt he wanted out now he wants out he don't want to be there he has to show up to practice because otherwise they're going to start docking his pay so he shows up to practice puts on a stunt gets kicked out of practice gets suspended for a game it's the whole thing he don't want to be there Right? He don't want to be there. And in my opinion, why the hell do you want him there? Trade him for a bag of peanuts. 
Trade him for whatever. Trade him for a second round pick straight up. Who cares? And you look at me like I'm crazy. Chad, you can't you can't trade Ben Simmons for a second round pick and get nothing else. He's doing no good for you now. He's literally useless. He doesn't want to play for you. He's refusing to show up. What value does he have to you? What value does he have? He's giving you nothing. Hey, hey, hey. Four games in, he's giving you nothing. Zero. Zilch. Zip. Nothing. So what value does he have? How valuable is he? I'm waiting. He has no value. You got to trade him. Who cares what you get back? If you get back a solid player, just if you get back a bad player, if he comes in, he plays hard, he wants to be a part of the team, he's giving you more value than Ben Simmons is right now. That's your value. You ever heard the expression, your value is what somebody's willing to pay? Hello? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, they always say, oh, this, this card is worth $5 million. This Pokemon, this rare Pokemon card is worth $2 million. To who? It's only worth $2 million if somebody's willing to give you $2 million. Guess what? Good luck. Good luck finding the guy who has $2 million he wants to spend on a Pokemon card. You could say it's worth whatever you want, but if you don't have a buyer, you have nothing. That was my point. Right? That's my thing. So Ben Simmons, you could say, oh, he's valuable, he's valuable, he's talented, he's all this, he's all that. But if nobody wants to give you anything, he has no value. You can tell me till you're blue in the face how good he is. Nobody else agrees with you because they're not willing to give you up. They're not willing to give up top-notch assets in return, which means, translation, they don't think he's that valuable. And they know he don't want to be there, so he presents no value to you, so we're not going to overpay for your trash. Not saying Ben Simmons is trash, don't kill me, but for you, you're trying to dump him, we're not giving you top dollar for that. So, hey, Sixers, get off your high horse. Trade the guy. Trade him for whatever. Get him out of the building. Get him out of your hair. Get him out of your face. Move on. And let's move on to the hype train that is LaMelo Ball. Look, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my socials. Maybe my algorithms are telling me, hey, every time we post this, every time somebody posts this, you click on it, you swipe on it, whatever. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just me. Maybe my eyes are the only ones seeing this. But from the day, from the day LeVar Ball opened his mouth, LaMelo Ball has been in my face. (laughs) Everywhere I look, every single day, everything he does somehow appears in front of me. I couldn't care less. But I am constantly flooded, constantly exposed to what LaMelo Ball is doing. The hype train around this guy, everything he does is highlighted, exaggerated, praised as if it's something we've never seen. Guys, he, again, solid player. Solid guy. Solid player. Good player. Good player. He's better than solid. Solid is like right above bad. You're bad, then you're solid, and then you're good, and then you're really good, and then you're great. <laughs> That's my scale. So <laughs> to be respectful, I'm not going to be disrespectful. LaMelo Ball is a good player. 
good player who's probably going to end up turning into a really good player. Right? There's levels. He ain't on the really good level yet. He's good. He's a good player. Why do I say he's good? Because in his rookie season, he averaged 16 points, shooting 44%, 35% from three, six rebounds, six assists. That's good. That's good. You can say, as a rookie, it's the NBA, bro. It's basketball. We've seen rookies come in. Anthony Edwards had a better year, in my opinion. Averaged more points, shot like 1% less or like... Come on now. A lot of rookies come into the league and have success. Right? That's a real thing that happens. Okay? So, I'm not I'm not against him. I'm just against the idea that this guy is special or once in a generation or, you know, anything. Like he's a good player, but half the world wants him to fail. Because his dad comes out and talks so brash and crazy. And the other half wants him to succeed because the other half wants him to fail. So now every time he does something, I like it has to be looked at as this big amazing thing. And it's not. Bro, he makes some really great passes. Yes, I said it. Great. Some great passes. But look, game one, he had like 31 points. Shot 7-9 from 3. 7 rebounds, 9 assists. Something crazy like that. But like... It wasn't even the best game of the night. Like, he didn't perform the best of anybody in the league that night. But he got the hype. He got the attention. And since then, 17 points, 18 points. Like, that's what he is, y'all. He's going to be a 17, 18 point a night guy. Six assists, six rebounds. That's what he is. And every once in a while, he'll have one of those big games where he'll go off for 30-plus points, 40-plus points. He'll have those moments. That's what he is. That's not great. That's not transcendent. That's not once in a generation. That's none of that. That's a, that's a good player, really good player, and that's what he is. Can we, can we, quiet, can we take, take it down a notch? Okay, fanboys, take it down a notch. Just, uh, to, just a smidge. Just a smidge. Also, I'm going to caution Knicks fans. I am a Knicks fan. I am one of you. I am of the Knicks family. They're currently 3-1. and one. Last night, they beat the 76ers, snapping a 15-game losing streak to Philly. Ugh. It's over. The streak is over. We're back. 3-1 and one now. It's a lot of excitement going to happen. Here's what I would caution. As a fan of this team for a long time, lifelong fan, I've seen good starts. And I know that you have to kind of look inside the numbers to see, like, well, what's really happening? They're shooting this goddamn bird. (laughs) They're shooting a lot of threes. And they're making a lot of threes. And that's not going to continue for a full season. So we have to kind of temper the excitement and say, look, they're playing well. But the thing I love most is that they all seem to really like each other. They all seem to play well together. They seem to be on a common accord and and to know exactly what they want to get done and all be going in the same direction. And that's a credit to Tibbs. It's coaching well, man. What a great hire. What a perfect hire. 
He's got he's got the entire team moving in the right direction. Everything is is coming together. Let's not get too excited too early. I wanna I wanna switch gears and start talking about something that kind of irked me this week. Kind of irked me. I saw I saw a headline um, that said I saw a post actually it was a post on Instagram. And it was from Bleacher Report, I believe. And it said this was the year they were supposed to figure out Lamar Jackson. And then you swipe and you see each game breakdown of what he done. And they're like, I guess not. Now that on its own is fine. The problem I had with it was that statement, the league is going to figure him out. Now, who are you talking to? Like, as a big media source like Bleacher Report, who are you talking to? I thought this was the year they were supposed to figure out. I didn't say that. Y'all said that. You, Bleacher Report, you said that. You reported that. You came out talking about, are they going to figure it out, like... Is he going to be able to do it again? We, the fans, we don't think that way. I, I let me, just, I do, <laughs> but I know that I'm also Looney Tunes. I know that I'll think like, ah, oh, he did it once. It doesn't mean he's going to do it again. I'm the guy who doesn't believe. Like every off season, you hear, oh, he's going to, he's going to be better. He's going to get better. Like maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe what you saw is what you're going to see every year. Not everybody just gets better and grows to the next. Like, sometimes it is what it is. Right? Baker Mayfield, in his first season, everyone said, oh, going into a second season, he's going to get better. No, he didn't. It is what it is. What you saw is what you get. That's it. Right? That's that's, That's how I feel, right? But the problem I had with the statement was... You guys make these statements. You guys as the media, we as the fans turn to you guys for your advice, your opinions, your expertise. Not the other way around. Right? Like y'all don't come to us asking us anything. Y'all don't ask us our opinions, our get our answers to your questions. You don't ask us nothing. Right? So my whole thing is you create the narrative and then you turn around when things don't work out or don't go the way of the narrative. You turn around and make it seem like someone else. Oh, remember they said this? Who the hell is they? It's you. You said this. You're the one who said this and predicted this and anticipated this. Y'all, not us, not they, you. The, the, the post should have been, remember when I said, <laughs> or I thought the league would figure him out. Guess I'm wrong. But instead, y'all put it on everybody else. That's what annoys me, man. Look, Lamar Jackson was projected as a first round pick at quarterback. The media created this narrative that 
teams in the NFL didn't believe in him as a quarterback and thought he should switch positions. Bill Polian was the only person to say it. One guy made one statement. And what he said was, and I quote, he's short and a little bit slight. Clearly, clearly not the thrower that the other guys are. The accuracy isn't there. That was his opinion. That was the basis of him saying should probably switch positions. He might be better off. That's what he said. He should consider switching positions. He might be better off. Because he wasn't the thrower that the other guys were. The accuracy wasn't there. Guess what? He completed 59% for college career. 59%. That's low. That's barely above half when we're talking about quarterback accuracy. That means barely more than half the time he's going to complete the pass. And that's in college. When your windows are, when your guys are wide open all the time. So he wasn't wrong in thinking that ah, he's not accurate. He's not an accurate passer. But guess what? The scouting report still said elite playmaker. Will be an elite playmaker in the NFL, strong arm, good arm, accuracy questions. That was the concern. And guess what? It still is. There's still like he's not consistently accurate. He's a, listen, he's a lot better. He has progressed. He is doing great. His progression, he's the guy that's getting a little bit better each year. He's picking up something each year. He's improving his game each year. That's the trajectory you want to be on. But guess what? He was a first-round projection. With all of that said, all of the experts, every single one, look it up, Google it. They all projected first round. So what happened? He is what you thought he would be. He is what you thought he could be. You guys created the narrative that the league thought he should switch positions. They didn't. Reports were that at the Combine, multiple teams wanted him to work out as receiver just to see. Wasn't true. Lamar Jackson on a podcast in 2018 came out and said, no, it wasn't multiple teams. It was just one. And that team was the Chargers. So again, sports media created a narrative. Why? Probably because they knew at the time this black quarterback was being was questioned by one person saying he should switch to receiver. We could kind of follow this story, play it up. People are going to have extra interest in this. Let's play it up so that when he does well, if he does well, we can now have stories already written. About how he overcame the odds or proved everybody wrong. Who doesn't like that? Who doesn't love a proved you wrong story? Who doesn't love the underdog taking off and outperforming the expectations? We love it. We've loved it since Brady. Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round turned into the greatest quarterback of all time. We, we love that story. So every year they try to find it and manufacture it. And that's exactly what happened with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wasn't an underdog. Lamar Jackson wasn't some guy who was undervalued coming out and then turned into this great player. Lamar Jackson is exactly what you thought he would be. 
if you watched Lamar Jackson in college, you knew this guy can make plays. This guy's arm is good. This guy just needs the right coaching. The right coaching, the right system, put him in the right positions. This guy is going to take off. And he is. It's not a surprise. If you're surprised, you're the dum-dum. But as a sports media, don't create this narrative as if they they questioned him. No, y'all reported it that way because you wanted the built-in story. Everybody's innocent, right? Everybody is innocent. ESPN never said this stuff. Fox Sports never said the stuff. Bleacher Report never said the stuff. House of Highlights never said the stuff. Nobody said it. It was the other guy who said it. Come on, man. It's stupid. It's stupid. Another guy that they created a narrative on, Tua Tunga Vailoa. Who nailed that pronunciation. <laughs> they turned on him so fast. So fast. I Googled, right? Because me, I didn't have a podcast then. Man, I wish I did. This year is going to be fun, right? Because when the draft comes up and I start talking about who I like, who I don't, what quarterbacks I like, what quarterbacks I don't, you can kind of see where my mind is and what I'm thinking about, right? But back then, I said Tua Tungavailoa is not, he's no good. At best, backup quarterback. Colt McCoy type. Could come in for a game or two. Get the job done. Get you over. Push you over the edge till your starter comes back. He's not a franchise quarterback. Why? Just didn't think he was that good. I didn't. I didn't think he was that good. Thought he was at Alabama. Thought he had elite personnel around him. I thought he took advantage of that. But he himself? Nah, he's all right. Another guy, the hype train. You guys buy into the results. You guys look at the numbers and say, whoa, look at this, 70% completion percentage. Yeah, if I'm throwing a wide open guy, you know how many deep balls I saw him throw where the receiver was wide open and, and came to a damn near stop, catch, caught the ball, and then ran in for a touchdown? That still goes down as a 70-yard touchdown pass, even though it was not accurate. It was way underthrown. The guy was just so wide open he could stand under it like a punt and then go the rest of the way. You know how many receiver screens I saw be completed and then take it for 45 yards? You get a completion and you get a 45-yard touchdown credited to you. So if you just look at the numbers, whoa, 45-yard touchdown, 70-yard touchdown. Whoa, two for two. But guess what? Screen pass, you're just throwing it right to the guy next to you. That's whatever. And then the 70-yard pass, you wanted to throw it. The accuracy, I had questions. That's coming out of college, but guess what? Everywhere you look, Google it right now. Draft grades. 2020 draft grades, first round. Miami, B+, B, A, A+. Everyone graded it. I Googled it. Everyone graded it. No one graded it below a B. Justin Herbert, though, got a C grade for most people because they had questions. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Just saying. Now he comes into the league. Right? And it, it kind of looks exactly how you think it would look. But your projections were so high. The numbers at Alabama were so great. Oh, my God. What's, what's wrong with Tua? He, he's not performing well. He gets hurt. That's what he does. Got hurt in college. You saw, you seen it. You seen it. 
You saw you saw everything you needed to see. He is exactly what he was at Alabama. You know the difference? He don't have the talent around him that he had at Alabama. He's not playing Mercer. He's not playing Lamar. He's not playing the Citadel. He's not playing Ole Miss. Like, you know what I mean? He's going against NFL competition. He ain't on that level. Like, he's not that good. And you guys turned on him. Again, you guys, the media, the pros, the professionals, you guys created the narrative of what he was. And when he didn't live up to your narrative, you looked at him like there was something wrong with him. No, he's exactly who he always was. He's exactly who he was going to be. Y'all misjudged it. You guys got it wrong. Now you're talking about, oh, you need to trade him. They're talking about trading for Deshaun Watson. Ew. Deshaun Watson, that creepo? Ugh, that slug? (laughs) No thanks. That's what it's come to. And you're looking at him like, what's wrong with Tua? Nothing. What's wrong with you? You created the narrative that Tua was something that he isn't. That's my problem here. That's my complaint. You guys build people up or create narratives and then look at us as if like like we like we're too dumb to realize that most people don't really pay attention cuz they don't care. Most people don't care. I do. I'm the weirdo that cares. Right? So so you know what, man? I'm I'm done. I'm done with that. Y'all get it. You guys get it. You've been listening to me long enough to know. You get it. Unreal. Oh, gosh. Can we talk about... Can we talk about... uh, Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. Right? Patrick Mahomes is struggling. Right? He's not playing well. Right? So I saw something the other day that said 16 interceptions in his last 16 games. What's happening with Mahomes? Saw the other day on ESPN, they asked the question, what's going on with Mahomes? Hey, guys, does no one listen to my show? Are the, are the big guys not listening to my podcast? <laughs> Here's the problem. Two words, you've heard them before. Athletic arrogance. That's the problem. Look, when Mahomes came into the league, he was hungry. He was young. He was talented. He was trying to get his feet under him. He was following the coaches, listening to the coaches. And when he got in trouble, he performed off instincts. He was playing the game to the best of his ability. That's it. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't trying to do no-look passes. He wasn't trying to fit it into the tightest windows. He was playing the game the way he was supposed to. He was following the coaching. He was following the instructions. He was following the game plan. It wasn't about me, me, me. He was part of the team, and it worked. What happens is... He made a couple plays, right? He made a couple plays that were spectacular. 
and the and the hype and the praise came at such a quick rate, like so fast. He became the best, considered the best quarterback in the league, like year two. So what happens is you you know you start getting these endorsements, these commercials, you starting to get popular, you this and that. They think you the best. Yeah, you win a Super Bowl. Ah, oh, bro, it's over. It's on. I'm the guy. I'm the man. This is me. It's all me. Got a little arrogant. You can see it in the way he plays. Got a little chip. Got a little, little swag to him. Got a little arrogance to him. And what happens is, when you get that arrogance, you don't, look, humble thyself. All athletes all over the world, humble thyself. When you start getting arrogant, athletically arrogant, you start to forget what you did and who was there to help you get to that point. Patrick Mahomes didn't win a Super Bowl by himself. Patrick Mahomes didn't carry the team to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was a part, a part of a very good team. He played the system. He took advantage of the coaching, of the players around him. And every once in a while, when they needed him to... He made a spectacular play. Arm talent is elite. All time elite. But when you feel like that arm talent is the reason you could do anything and you just start slinging it, you start turning the ball over. And what happens is instead of saying, hey, listen, let me reset, recharge, what you do is you keep driving forward because you say, nah, I'm Patrick Mahomes, bro. I'm nice. Yeah, I throw a pick, whatever. And you move on to the next one and then. You don't ever take that step back to think, you know what I mean? I need to depend on somebody. I need to get back to the basics. You just keep pressing forward in that direction, digging that hole deeper, and that's what's happening. It's that simple. It's not hard. It's not hard to figure out. Hey, ESPN, Fox, Bleacher Report, call me. Solve all your problems, all your mysteries. Sometimes I'd be right does that for you. Solve everything. Look, man, do we need to do we need to talk about do we need to talk about Ohio State? Do we need to talk about my guy CJ Stroud? I ain't gonna bring it up. I ain't gonna keep mentioning it. No need. Y'all see what it is. If there was ever an example of sometimes I'd be right, that's it. That's the example right there. Look, Ohio State is gonna beat the dog snot. Out of Penn State this week. Spoiler alert. That's my prediction. <laughs> they are going to beat the doo-doo. The doo-doo. Out of Penn State. Look. There's levels, man. I started the show by saying there's levels to this. Right? There's levels. Anyway. All right. We don't need to go in Ohio State no further than that. Listen, Ohio State is different, man. The athletes, the speed, the 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 code, like they're just different. No, Big Ten, it's there's a difference. There's levels. Okay, look, I I don't know how else to explain it. Ohio State is a favorite against every single team in the Big Ten. 
They have better athletes. They have better recruiting. They have better players. That's it. That's, it's that simple. It's that simple. Let's move on, man. There's not much to say there. There's not much to say there. Listen, can I... Oh, God, this is, this is going to hurt me. Look, I need to clarify <laughs> again. I feel like I've done this three, four times already. I need to again clarify my stance or my or what I was trying to say about Jared Goff and Matt Stafford, the trade. What I will refer to as the trade. I never... I never was saying that Jared Goff is better than Matthew Stafford. What I was trying to say was, is, is, is it necessary? Right? Like the trade, the trade happened. And my, and my feeling was, is it necessary? Right? Is there going to be a difference between Jared Goff and Matt Stafford? Or is it going to look much the same? And in my opinion, what were you going to get from from Matt Stafford that you didn't already get from Jared Goff? Jared Goff in his first year with Sean McVay was 11 and 5. He went to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl with McVay. They lost, sure, but they lost to the Patriots like it happens. Okay. So, in order for that trade to be like, "Oh, we're better with Matt Stafford. You have to do better than 11 and 5, and you have to get to a Super Bowl, and you have to win it. Do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford? No. So, was the trade necessary? No. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, but you got to try to get better. Yes, I agree. Matt Stafford is better than Jared Goff. But did you quit on Jared Goff before you needed to? Did you really give him the best? Like, you know what I mean? Did you just decide, like, nah, this isn't my guy? You didn't draft him. Let's not forget that. Sean McVay didn't draft Jared Goff. Sean McVay might not have never liked Jared Goff. Coming out of college, he might have said, this ain't my guy. And I think that's been the problem with Jared Goff, right? I think Jared Goff is a really good player. Jared Goff could make all the throws. I've seen him in college. I've seen him in the pros. This guy, he's, he's a guy. He's a good one. In the right situation with the right coaches, and if you believe in them, and if you take advantage of what he's really good at, I'm telling you, man, you, there's a lot of teams in this league that need to think about it. Hey, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Make a run at them. Make an offer. I'm telling you, make an offer. That's that's your guy. So all these people that are, are hitting me up are saying... Matt Stafford is better. You're an idiot. Like, I, I wasn't saying that Jared Goff is better than Matthew Stafford. Don't get it twisted. I don't I don't think he's better. But I also think it was a completely useless trade, and everyone's going crazy for Stafford in L.A. as if, like, he's some godsend. Well, let's see what you do. Let's see how it ends. And I even said the first time I brought it up, how many times have you seen him in Detroit get to a good space and then kind of not really get the job done? That's that's all I was saying. That's all I was saying <laughs> was you get buy into it week one through seven, but let's see how it ends. Let's see how it all goes. Let's see what it ends up being. Like it could fall apart. It could fall apart. We don't know. 
And that, that was my only point. That's where I stand on that one. Let's see, man. What else we got? What else can we touch on, baby? So I watched the um, I watched the Canelo, Caleb Plant, um, All Access episode one, and I gotta say, man, I Canelo's different, and I and as I was watching it, my initial thoughts were, and I've said this before, like I like Caleb Plant, right? I like him. I like his attitude. I like his style. Like, I don't have no problem with him. And I'm a weird fan because I'm the type, like, I'm a huge fan of Canelo. But I'm also, like, if Canelo loses, like, whatever. Eh, you know, you ain't mad. Like, you know, it happens. It's boxing. It's fighting. Sometimes you ain't got it. Sometimes the other guy just beats you. Like, it happens. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't minimize my feelings or opinions on you as a fighter. Right? But, like, one of the things was there's there seems to be a lot of bad blood. And they keep talking about it. And they keep saying there's a lot of animosity. This is different. Canelo usually doesn't seem to have bad blood for his opponents. But this one he does. And he even said, like, yeah, this is new for me. But, there, you know, there's bad blood there. He's done some things. And, and you saw the press conference, press conference where they had to face off and then. Canelo pushed him, and he said, you said mother effer, and don't say, don't talk about my mother, and it's like, what, like, every, I even looked at it like, what are you talking about, Canelo, like, <laughs> like, you've said that before, you know he's not talking about your mom, right, like, you, you know, I don't think that was it, and then you kind of get a different angle, different perspective of the face-off, and you kind of hear them going back and forth, I think, I think Caleb Plan has come into it and has said multiple times over and over, Canelo's facing a guy who's not afraid of him and who's not here just to collect the paycheck and go on and ride off into the sunset. Like, I'm here to fight, and he's uncomfortable with that. I've heard Caleb say it a lot. And I think what's happening is... I I don't think Canelo's bothered by that. I just think that that attitude is making Caleb be a little more disrespectful and a little more like, I'm going to hurt you and a little more brash. And I think that's what's annoying Canelo. And I think that's what got to Canelo, made Canelo say, all right, I'm going to hurt you, man. Because all Canelo was saying was, you're not, this is a different level. Like, you're not on this level. You're not on my level. And you would say, that's super disrespectful. But if you think about Canelo, like, look at his resume. Like, he's fought everybody. Like, how many times have you seen a fight with Canelo where... All right, uh, Callum Smith. Right? 168-pound champ. Like, 6'3". Like, massive size advantage. The, The natural... 168 or, like, the guy... The bigger guy, the naturally bigger guy gets in there. The question was... Can Canelo do this? How does he overcome this? And there was a question. It was like a a good matchup. And he made Callum Smith look like a bum. Like if that was, it was my first time watching Callum Smith. And I watched it and said, yo, this guy is trash. And then you listen to him after the fight. And he talked about, and Callum Smith was telling you like how good Canelo was at like getting, closing this distance without throwing a punch. And you're watching the fight and you're like, yo, look how close he's getting. And he's not throwing punches. Right? 
And so Callum Smith is telling you, like, and they're saying, like, yeah, like, you want to throw this punch, but every time you put it out there, Canelo's so quick that he's firing back with something. So every time you go, you're getting hit in return, and it makes you question, makes you pause for a second, makes you hesitate. And once you hesitate, Canelo's got it, and it's like, oh, okay. You get it that, like, it's the same thing with Mayweather. Mayweather would fight guys, and you would look at him like, yo, this guy's trash. Like, how did anybody even question if that guy had a chance against Mayweather? It's because against Mayweather, it's different. He makes you hesitate. His skill level and what he's doing in the ring makes you question yours and makes you kind of look a certain type of way. And it's like, before you know it, the fight's over. And you're trying to figure it out. And all the while, he's racking up rounds. And so I feel like that's what's going to happen with Caleb Plant. Everyone has a game plan against Canelo. Everyone thinks they're going to go in and do this and that and this and that. But when you're in front of the guy, when it's you're sparring, right, and you're throwing your jab, and the guy you're sparring against, you're like, oh, I can do this against Canelo. Like, Canelo's not that sparring partner. It's different when the guy's there, when you're getting hit with those. Look, here's what I'll say. Billy Joe Saunders versus Caleb Plant right now is a conversation. There's a debate over who's going to win that fight. There's people that will believe Billy Joe Saunders would beat Caleb Plant. It's a good fight. It's a good matchup, right? All right, so that's about the level you're on as Caleb Plant. Maybe Caleb Plant is better, but what I'm saying is he doesn't hit as hard as Triple G, right? He doesn't. Like, he doesn't. Canelo fought Triple G twice. So you're not going to be the hardest puncher He's ever faced. Caleb Plant's not a better boxer or a sharper boxer than Floyd Mayweather. So you're not the fastest or sharpest fighter he's ever faced. You're not even as quick-handed as Amir Khan. So you're not the fastest puncher he's ever seen. Your movement's not as good as Evers Landy Lara. You're not as tricky. So you're not the slickest fighter he's ever fought. So now my mind goes to, okay... You can't get in that ring and present anything that Canelo has never seen before. Now, your combination and what you do is going to be different, but it's not unlike anything he's ever seen. And Canelo, to his credit, comes out and says it's going to be difficult in the first few rounds because he's got a really good jab. He's got good combinations. He's a really good fighter. And in the beginning, it's going to be really tricky because he's taller, he's longer, he's got that jab. It's going to take some time and some work to try to figure it out. But middle to late rounds, I got it. That's what he said against Billy Joe Saunders, and that's what he did. Right? And that doesn't come from arrogance. That doesn't come from overconfidence because he even said, I'm confident, but not in a bad way. I just believe that I have the skill and the experience to get the job done. And he's basing that off of his impressive resume. He's been there. He's fought everybody. He's lost. He's had fights where questionable. (laughs) Caleb Plant has never been in that situation yet. Right? And that's what I'm, that's what, to me, that's what the difference in the fight is. And that's why I think Canelo is upset because you're coming into this fight disrespecting me, like coming at me so hard and aggressively, like calling me, like, you know what I mean? Calling me a cheater and a liar and all this other stuff and insulting my character. Bro, I don't even know you. 
Bro, you only I'm only fighting you because you have that belt that I'm about to take. I just need that belt to complete my resume. I like I got you you're not even on my you're not even work like on my level. Like what are you talking about? So Andre Ward comes out and says that Caleb Plant is going to win by stoppage. I don't understand why Andre Ward doesn't like Canelo. <laughs> Am I the only one that gets the impression that Andre Ward really doesn't like Canelo? Right? Even though he said that second fight against Triple G, he said that he won. And I loved what he said. He said that guy was coming forward, pressing the action. You said you wanted him to fight in that style. He did. You were retreating the whole time. He wins the fight. I love that take on it. Right? But other than that, I just feel like Andre Ward doesn't like Canelo. It's like they have a rivalry or a competition or he feels like this guy's not as good as me, but he's being exalted as one of the greatest of all time. And he's not. And it's like, bro, chill. Chill, Andre Ward. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I might just be watching that whatever. But just my thing about Canelo, man, is Canelo always seems to have the right attitude where he 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 doesn't talk trash so much as I feel like he's just speaking like, yo, I just know this because he's he's a lot like Mayweather in the sense of Mayweather said, Can nobody beat me? But he wasn't saying it because he had won 40 fights before. He was saying it because every day in that gym, he knew, he knew he was putting in more work than anybody. He was outworking everybody. He was putting, he was more focused, more effort, more everything than anybody. He had a job to do. He was going to do it. No distractions. Nothing was going to get him off that. And Canelo was a lot that way. And I think Canelo is going to win that fight exactly the way he says he is. Exactly the way he says he is. I think early in the fight, you're going to be thinking, ooh, Caleb's kind of getting some of these rounds. And he's going to, it's going to look a lot like the Billy Joe Saunders fight. Where it's going to feel like, ooh, you know, Caleb Plant's looking all right. Looking pretty good. But you kind of know in the back of your mind, Canelo's inching closer, getting in his better range, opening up a little bit, and he's going to get to him. I just think Canelo's a different animal. That's it. That's just my opinion. That's just how I feel. Interesting to see, though, right? The, the the difference between him and Mahomes, where Mahomes, athletically arrogant, kind of getting him in some trouble. Canelo, athletically confident. That's the difference. Confident. Say, I'm going to knock you out in round nine. It's confidence. But it's based on everything you've done. Somebody like Jake Paul talking about, I'm going to knock you out. Based on what? What? Based on what? Based on what you've done? Based on the guys you, like, come on, man. You're not even, see, uh, I'm, I'm going back into it. I'm about to cause my computer to crash again because I'm going back into it. I don't want to talk about these guys no more, man. But listen, rehashing it, you can't let them fight Mike Tyson. Can't let Logan Paul fight Mike Tyson. That can't happen. It can't happen. Guys, you, I know, I'm not getting into it. I'm not going back. I'm not going to get myself worked up. We've come, we've come too far. I don't know, man. So what? We talked about Ben Simmons. Talked about Ben Simmons being Mon Shumper. <laughs> Listen, I love that comparison, man. I love that comparison. Right? Like, for me, that's funny. It's funny because it's not true, but it is. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not true, but it is. Like, immediately you're going to be like, what? Listen, I'm a Knicks fan, so I remember... 
Um, I remember them drafting Trevor Ariza. I remember them drafting Amon Shumpert. And the thing with both of them was super athletic, uh, super they're really good defenders, um, and that's how they're going to make their way in the league, and then they're going to develop a shot later, right? And you're like, okay, if he could develop a jump shot, like he's good. Ben Simmons is the same. Came into the league saying, yo, 6'10", put him at point guard, put him at point guard. He's a point guard. He's a point guard. 6'10", point guard, you got the advantage every night. Sure, but he can't shoot. So what I care, what I care for. So when I look at it like, all right, well, what is he? Well, what he is ideally is a Draymond Green type, right? A guy that can really help you win, but a guy that you're not relying on to do the scoring. The problem is, is Philly put it up as this is our big three, and he couldn't come through in that way. Do you know what I mean? He couldn't come through for you. But, you know, I digress. Look, man. I'm going to be honest with y'all, man. This was hard to do. <laughs> I had notes on my phone. Uh, and uh, and as I was going through the topics, the first run through, what I normally do is I normally start, like, deleting the topics, right? So as I, so I'll have, like, throughout the week. So basically, starting today, um, after I record this, um, I'll start paying attention. And then uh, I'll start whenever something pops up, whenever I see something, hear something, read something, watch something, I'll put a note in my phone and say, boom, episode, the next episode, whatever, and start jotting notes down. And then throughout the week, I'll go in and I'll refine it and get a topic. So that's a little behind the scenes how this works. So in my phone, I'll have on there, I'll have the the topic and then I'll have a couple bullet points of things that I want to touch on. Just reminders for myself of things to address. And then as I go through them, I'll knock, I'll knock them off, right? And I'll start deleting them. So what happened was I was recording the show. It was going great. I'm, when I'm telling you, I'm looking at the counter. It's an hour and 25 in. I'm going in on the Logan Paul situation. I'm getting heated. I took my jacket off. <laughs> Right? I'm in a groove. Right? And all of a sudden, I yell. And this is full transparency. I yell. I think I said, like, F that or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I said, F this fight. And the minute I said F, computer, boop, icon popped up saying audio source changed, meaning the mic disconnected, computer recording program froze. And I, I waited, y'all. I, wait, I hit the X out button and it said, wait for a solution or close the program. I hit wait for a solution. I was sitting there for 10 minutes dumbfounded praying to God that somehow it would come back and I wouldn't have to re-record everything. And I finally had to give up and re-record everything. But with that, a lot of my notes were deleted. Right? Because I was deleting them as I go. I know, stupid. Listen, it ain't going to happen going forward. A lot, of the st- a lot of the topics I remember, there was a couple things I'm sure that I just don't even remember that I was talking about. You get in the zone when you're doing this, right? So I apologize, sincerely apologize. If this, if this sounds weird, if this comes across as weird, but hey, man, that's what I got. I think I got the major stuff out the way, right? But listen, I sincerely thank each and every one of you who are listening right now. I thank every one of you who will come back next week and listen again or who will, if this is your first time and you go back 
to the previous episodes, listen, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I thank you. I look at the numbers each week. I track them each day to see if there's any growth, what I need to change, what I need to do. Like, listen, I encourage you all to follow me on Instagram at the John Farris. And, and interact with me. Let me know. Send me a DM. Send me a message. Write a comment on one of my posts. Let me know what you think of the show. Things that you think that needs to be improved. Things that I can improve on. Things that are great. Things you love. Things you hate. Whatever it is. If you just want to shout out, hey, listen to the show. Listen, I'm, I'll interact with every single one of you. Right? Because this is not about I'm up here. You guys are down here. It's like, yo, cyber family. S-I-B-R. Sometimes I be right family. If you listening to the show, yo, you fan. Come on, man. Let's interact. Right? So I thank every one of y'all, man, because I do this every week for my own. This is like my own therapy. Because, <laughs> listen, at the end of the day, if you listen to this, you're a crazy sports fan, too. And you watch the game yelling at the TV. You watch ESPN yelling at them. Fox Sports yelling at them. You listen to the radio yelling at them, too. Listening to your favorite sports podcast, probably yelling at them. That was me. I decided, you know what, man? I'm going to share this. I'm going to record it. Put it out there for other people to hear because maybe there's people like me who agree. We can start a little community. There's people that disagree. They can come in. I can start getting knowledge on other stuff. We could build the whole community. It could be fun. Right? This is about fun. This is about having a good time. And that's what this is. So I thank all y'all for partaking in this. Look, man, that's my time for this week. Listen, I've had a good time. Right? I had a lot of fun. It didn't work. Listen, this week was a little, a little weird, man. A little hectic. Right? A little hectic. Little hiccups. Listen, next week, I promise you I'm coming back stronger. I'm going to make sure my laptop is good. <laughs> no more of these hiccups, y'all. We go Listen, each week is, is growth, growing, getting it better, refining the idea. Listen, it's pretty good. Best I could do. All right? <laughs> listen, prediction for this week. Look, Ohio State beating the dogs not out of Penn State. Check out that game, though, because Ohio State, is it's a red out. I had the shoe. They wearing all red uniforms, red pants, everything. Like, never done that before. That's gonna be crazy. I'm excited to see how that looks on TV. But they win that game pretty easy. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Look, I'm picking Michigan State to win. Look, look. Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. Okay. I'm picking Michigan State to beat Michigan. Why? Michigan's got no juice. Okay. I'm tired of seeing Michigan in these top ten, top five, number six in the country discussions. Michigan's not up there, bro. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Michigan's not up there. Okay? And I heard them talk on on a telecast last week, who's the biggest threat to Ohio State in the Big Ten, and they said it's got to be Michigan. No, it don't. No, it don't. Okay? Michigan has no juice. They got no speed. Look, Ohio State is going to beat the dog snot out of Michigan. I normally don't do that. I normally don't call that game. Right? Because they've won like eight in a row. I'm very superstitious. I feel like at some point, one of my favorite sayings is at some point the bill comes due, right? At some point, Ohio State's going to lose to Michigan. I almost threw up just saying that, but at some point it's going to happen, right? And I always feel like I don't want to be the guy that goes into it that's super confident and then gets my heart broken if this is the year. So I usually go into it saying, listen, I'm I'm optimistic, but I'm going to watch the game, let it play out. No expectations, right? This year, uh uh-uh. They're going to beat the dogs not out of Michigan. They got better athletes, they got better players, they got better coaches. Yeah, that's right, I said it. Michigan is boo-boo. <laughs> Michigan's winning strictly based off of they play sound football. 
Well, I got news for you. When you go up against a team that plays sound football but also has better athletes, that's a bad day for you. And first of all, you ain't got no you got no weapons on the outside that scares Ohio State. None. Zilch. Ugh, none. Okay? Garbage. That's what you got. Okay, so our secondary, which is kind of weak, sure. Ohio State secondary, kind of weak, gives up some big plays. You ain't got the weapons that can execute on that. You can't take advantage of that. Okay, your running game is really good. You got a really good running game, but guess what? Ohio State has good team speed. So you try to run into the outside, we chasing you down, we got you. Good luck with that. And guess what we got out the middle? We got the beef. Ohio State notoriously has a good D-line. Good T-tackles, right? Good edge rushers. We got it all. That D-line is stacked, bro. We got freshmen, true freshmen on their impact. And what you got? It's going to be a long day for you, Michigan. That's what you got. Right? And your defense, I'm sorry, you ain't never, you haven't played anybody close. You have not played an offense anywhere near the level of Ohio State's. So where's your angle? Where's your angle to win? Because it's a rivalry? Because you got some trick plays set up? Yeah, good luck. They're going to beat the dog snot out of Michigan. Music back on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm picking Michigan State to beat Michigan. Right? Switching over to the NFL. Ooh, Cowboys beat the Vikings. Right? They improved to 6-1. Let's see what that looks like. Another game? Hmm. Ooh, man. Interesting. Cardinals playing the Packers. Oof. I'm going to pick the Packers to beat the Cardinals. No longer undefeated. That's right, I said it. Uh, just for fun, just for fun, I'm going to pick the Chargers to beat the Patriots just because my guy Justin Herbert playing, playing, playing Bill Belichick. Let's see what that looks like. I'll pick my guy Herbert to come through, though. Those are my predictions for the week. Listen, man, that's the show. Thank you all for bearing with me. Like I said, we had some technical difficulties. Whole 90-minute show deleted in the instant. Had to start over. Listen, man, did the best I could. Next week, I promise you, I promise you next week, I'm coming with some heat, with some fire. Uh, that's been my time. Listen, thank you all for listening again. Follow me on Instagram at uh, the John Farris. We're going to be posting some of this audio to YouTube. Share it with your friends. Let your people know. Cyber family, we growing. Sometimes I'll be right. That's my time. Thank you so much. See you next week.